Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Plotbubble.com. Welcome to the Chisnow for the Red vs. Blue Season 15, Episode 1. Our top story tonight Chaos on Chorus. This week, Dylan Andrews is hot on the case of the Blood Gulch Gang's grisly gore fest. Carlos Tradka needs to see a urologist, and other reporters are pursuing less pressing stories. Here with a few other clippings are... Daft Prodigy. There's a bunch of guys on a team, and they really like spelling the word laser wrong. They saved the world a little while back. Go talk to them. Nirial. A award given to him by him. He awarded himself an award. She has to, she has to report on it now. Kessa. A particularly vicious human-eating plant from an entirely different galaxy. She. So Carlos suggested that Dylan investigate the incident of the missing Oreos. We now go to Ashesno, already in progress. Thoughts on the episode? It was really dark and I had to hold my breath. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> no. <laughs> god damn it. God damn it. Like, straight up, I watched this episode in the airport, waiting for my flight, and oh. the second it was over, I was like, fuck yes, Red versus Blue is back. Because as yes. you know, I am the salty, cynical old bitch of the Shizno, who has not been <laughs> happy with the past couple of seasons. So when it was, I was like, yes, this is my jam. Finally, I am hype. So, so as the ADHD bitch who <laughs> likes everything because variety is the spice of life and I can't keep track of anything for two seconds, so if the show changes, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm really glad we're going back to season six, guys. Yeah, yeah. How is oh, that reconstruction Phoenix. feel going? Yeah. <laughs> Look, recon is my fave. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm not I'm, complaining I'm not, at all. I'm not arguing either. Reconstruction is by far my favorite season ever versus Blue, and I got into this fandom like a year ago about now actually so mm-hmm. yeah like i thought it was really interesting how sorry to get like actually into it like i thought it was really interesting how it was very good at setting a very somber tone when everything blew up but it was also very it started this very funny parts like just before the egg timer went off and everyone died um the soldier was <laughs> <laughs> as it does the soldier was one of the soldiers was saying oh yeah i wrote like books on tape and the other one said books on tape what's the appeal of that don't the pages get stuck together <laughs> and then everything blew up um but yeah. then like you had that moment oh, when um when oh my god what's what's dylan's uh recorder camera recorder's name no what's no he doesn't, he doesn't have a have, name this this guy this guy doesn't have no yeah. because like in my head i named him keaton after somebody i knew so like in my head he's keaton. keaton yeah he is keaton i'm sorry <laughs> All right, yeah, i don't the i do not believe he has a name um okay. i just call him yeah, Ca- i'm just gonna call him camera guy um camera but guy. uh as is yeah, the red versus like, blue like, fandoms like, want that... insert object guy yeah um 
Well, although although I'm not calling the guy from the the trailer who looks like uh, Lazengan, um, I, I I was not calling him Unicorn Guy. I was calling him Unicorn Man. So I'm already breaking uh, the the pattern here. So, so he, he I'm he got I'm upgraded. creative and I want to be appreciated. To be fair, we had so we do appreciate the, the original it. nickname for Felix was Throbbing Sunkissed. So like I don't know. Man. <laughs> I remember that. I don't know. I we could that. name we could name Camera yeah. Guy after a type of camera. We could call him like Throbbing Cannon. <laughs> oh my god, please do. That's what we're calling him. We're calling we're calling camera guy camera guy's new name is Throbbing Cannon. No, it's not. No, I will um, not the straight face ever. Yeah, getting back to um the opening that you were talking about, I liked botanist lady, and I'm sad that she's dead. And I think that she colored I think that I know, she picked like, she green like armor character. because it reminded her of plants. Why you just like <laughs> took it down a notch? Yep, just went down that, a notch. That, that, yep. Um, but yeah, I um, the music was really good. The drama was. Mm, oh yeah. The. And I, I can I just say I have a huge crush on whoever's doing Dylan's voice because they just have a really sweet yeah nice yeah they voice. they they're, they have the reporter voice. I don't know on who that. it is, but whoever it is, dude, um, I'm crushing on you, mate. My thing is, I, I, so, so with the first episode, I actually am having trouble relating to Dylan as of yet. Like, she's very smooth and, like, well-oiled and, like, everything, like, just kind of, like, she does things very well. I can't wait to see her oh, fucking gosh, yeah. Well, like, that's what I'm like, gonna really super, get along with She's Dylan, super competent, like, and she's about to, like, descend into the complete and utter... Mess. Insanity. That is red versus blue. I think that it, you know, it's it's a very wash type feel in that she is going she is going to be oh, the yeah. the straight woman to a lot of shenanigans. There's gonna be there's gonna I I I'm, I'm excited. If we don't get Dylan doing a you mean to tell me moment. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be shocked. I think that that's definitely coming. Um, what did you think of the uh, we'll say the first appearance of the Reds and Blues? Those are definitely not the Reds and Blues. Yeah, no, they're too competent, and also they're, like Caboose was being sneaky. <laughs> um, Sarge and Tucker were working together. Okay, Donut wasn't screaming. Sure, the um, biggest giveaway to helmet. me is that Sarge. Well, not charge just that, but... that was that is not charge. First of all, Sarge yeah, doesn't have, have his shotgun. Like, like super yeah. exploding beam gun. gun. That they yeah. also made a point to have Tucker use yeah. a tiny like. Where's knife his sword? Instead Did of they? a sword. Um, yeah, there is there is something there is, and wow, since when? That. Since when does Church pilot anything? Anything, it should have been Caboose coming out of the friggin' Pelican. Yeah. But, like, since when can Caboose make something competent? Since when can Caboose count high enough to use an egg timer? (laughs) 
even a cute little froggy egg. Exactly. Hammer. Yeah. Like those. Um, those. I I do I do have kind of a um uh crackpot theory. Daffy will be proud of me for this, but uh, I I think I don't know who it was, but someone was saying something about um it being the oh. AI. Yeah, that and... was Neri. That was Neri. Oh, that was, I was... Yeah, yeah, I said that in chat. Yeah. So, yeah, go um... ahead. Go ahead and tell it for me. Yes. Yeah, so I like I was... listening to my theories. <laughs> so I was thinking about the AI that we left. So if Epsilon had completely destroyed himself, and instead, let me know if I've missed anyone, but instead split himself into Gamma, Delta, Eta, Iota, Theta, Sigma, and Omega, have I missed any? No. Then that leaves seven AI. There were six people. Uh, there were six, like, like soldiers, sim soldiers. Given that Ada and Iota basically kind of merged, exactly. Then, like that would be the six people there. Then my question becomes: Rogue Griffin Simmons, because actually, if this has happened and like the AI have each like taken a suit, I absolutely want Ada and Iota <laughs> to have Griffin Simmons. So, I so think we, t- I we may... talked about this last season, but it absolutely should have happened. So the reason this originally occurred to me was because I think that Epsilon is memory, right? Yeah. So the Reds and Blues destroyed their memories of him because he would have had to destroy all his memories in order to create them at that point. And I think that they're angry at the Reds and Blues, so they're trying to destroy people's and good they memories don't, of they the don't, Reds and Blues. They don't that's, really that's know who the Reds well. and Blues are, but Dylan thinks she does. And so maybe it's Dylan's job to not only re-educate the public on who these heroes of hers are, but also remind the AI fragments. Like, why they should care about them, yeah. What could have been so important in the building that was attacked? So, I mean, the thing is, if Sharon Industries is orchestrating this, which is a lot of people's theories right now, given Unicorn Man is, like, all black and red, (laughs) which is their colors. It has to be some kind of, like, biotechnology, but at the same time, they didn't take anything, right? Like, there's- they didn't take anything, so I think they're destroying- Actually, Dylan said in her report that a whole bunch of, uh, uh, they were somewhere- she said, like, a whole bunch of, um... Yeah, they were they were taking military... They, they were attacking ah. military bases, stealing the military base's stuff, and then blowing the military bases up. So I, I, I missed that, so maybe my theory is now invalid, okay, so somebody else so, take it. <laughs> I, no, I think it's good to clarify that. Because... And I think it's important, too. Because... We know of two organizations who had people go around, steal military tech, and blow up the buildings. And those two organizations were Project Freelancer and Karan Industries. Project Freelancer is now defunct, sort of leaving Karan Industries as our uh, main suspect in an operation that involves going around and stealing military tech and blowing up the buildings. Plus... Plus, Unicorn Man could be, like, in charge of the whole operation, and I don't know, I think, I think Unicorn Man- No, 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 I'm laughing because I just realized (laughs) that Unicorn Man is being followed around, if he's in the lead, then he's being followed by a rainbow-colored spectrum of soldiers, (laughs) so we have a magical unicorn and a rainbow- 
intentional. It has to be intentional, right? Unicorn man and a bunch of skills. Tastes a rainbow, motherfucker. I have to think that 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 unicorn man is, but uh, it could be a misdirect. It could be that unicorn man is like not related at all, and also wants to get to the truth because, it, like, it's so obviously yeah. evil looking. Yeah, is the other thing. Like, I don't know that unicorn man is actually How related. How hilarious would it be? Or maybe he like defected or something. Or maybe these these people are working under Hargrove. You know, uh, to to discredit the Reds and Blues who have been working to discredit Hargrove. And Hargrove was like, well, I need a suit of armor. I'm going to be a unicorn. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Hey, guys, what if Unicorn <laughs> Man was a man? director, I am a unicorn. Your no. argument is invalid. No. But but anyway, no. um, I did... I think I do think it's worth noting that um, it seems that the reds and blues, which we'll just we'll just call them that, even though they're probably not the real reds and blues, um, they seem to be really well equipped. They're all kitted out in Project Freelancer gear. They seem to have enough armor they have that they can just discard pieces of it when it gets dirty, which is like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's more like planting evidence, I think. Like, that's too, like, good of a picture yeah. is, like, church's helmet with the blood well, splatter. Well, yeah, but they, like, they, that's they, such okay, so, image, they have enough, you know? so they have enough armor that they can leave pieces of it behind as evidence that the reds and blues have been here. Um, and, and, and so it... And it's so a little I'm amateur. wondering if maybe the, the first places that these reds and blues went and attacked um and then stole things from or stole things from and then blew up were places that project freelancer stuff had been impounded you know places that military places that were like oh look at all of this stuff well the director is dead what are we gonna do with it besides reverse engineer it hmm But it's like, it's a thing that's either extremely arrogant or extremely egotistical. Like, it's something that it's either like, it's amateur. Sorry, I meant to say amateur instead of arrogant. I'm tired. Um, where like, you know, some dumbass just left their stuff behind. But it's more likely that there's a certain level of like egotism, egotism. and arrogance in it. Arrogance. Kind of like how a... S- Chairman Hargrove. It's like when a serial killer leaves behind, like, some of those, like, bullshit little riddles that they think they're super clever for, but somebody oh eventually then on the internet figures need, it out. What we need here is not a single investigative reporter. What we need here is the cast of Law and Order. Dum-dum. What if they are, like, actual fans of this the is, Reds and Blues? This is, this is a cosplay and... group gone wrong. Oh my gosh. They, they do yeah. it wrong. <laughs> No, but, like, the idea is, like, Dylan is a fan of theirs. She's like, I know these guys. I interviewed them. I'm fans of theirs. So what if on the other side we have fans Mm. gone wrong? And, like, it's going to be, like, no. Dylan's going to be like, no, listen. You think you know what they're like. But you're clearly, like, not even portraying them right Over whether Grimmins was canon. Typical, see, see, typical (laughs) fandom argument BS. Uh, Oh my 
God. These, oh, these, up. these, this group of people is obviously the group of people who think Scrimmage is not real. That's why they're not <laughs> there. <laughs> We're going to destroy everything Grimmage shippers love. And my actual answer was like, yeah, like they wanted to like leave a message. Oh, helmet, like look at us. <gasps> you know what is in those helmets? Look at cool we are. Cameras. Cameras. They left a helmet cam behind. Ooh, the logs. Huh. Dylan needs to get a hold of that helmet. Ha-ha. And everything, For everything thanks. will be revealed. It's gonna, it's gonna be like, like the behind, the whole behind oh the God, scenes. Thing. Not this early yeah, the yeah. So the the I'm gonna, gonna go be. in there. I'm gonna act super kabusi. It's gonna be, it's gonna be the most kabusi you've ever seen me act. <laughs> I have, I have a froggy egg timer. There's no way this can go wrong. <laughs> My question, which is of extreme importance, and the first thing I thought of, where are the dogs on this military base? Where are they? Who let the dogs out? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the evil reds and blues evacuated all of them before blowing the place up. Evil freckles would not have had it any other way, and they do have standards, Nereal. They're evil, but they're not that They have standards. Standards. They will blow up military bases full of innocent people, but they will not kill dogs. They will pet the dogs, however, <laughs> and vigorously and tell rub- them they are good and give them lots of treats. No, 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 no. They'll tell them they're bad because bad is good to them because they're evil. Where are the dogs on this military base? I pose you this theory: dogs in suits of armor. <laughs> The evil reds and blues will be defeated with a rolled up newspaper and a squirt bottle. I don't mean like that. I mean like the entire base is run by dogs in suits of armor. Like that painting where the dogs play the cards except for not. Let's say that you've got a bunch of sausage dogs, a bunch of dachshunds. You have like a dachshund on top of dachshund on top of dachshund filling in a suit of armor. (laughs) One dachshund runs each leg, one dachshund runs each arm, and one forms the head. And then there are like suits for the body because like a body of armor is a pretty thick thing to to fill in if you're a dachshund. Each armor suit is full of six dachshunds doing their best impression of Voltron. Clearly the dogs were just over the speakerphone so that no dogs were in the building and they were actually in a neighboring building but they did it to scare people that way all the dogs are safe and nobody is harmed except the humans the humans are dead but the dogs are great (laughs) oh good i was so worried (laughs) as always thank god the dogs are okay because that is of course the most important part (laughs) that is we don't have we don't have to add another entry to did the dog die dot com. <laughs> does the die is, or is it does the dog die? I don't remember. <laughs> and Kessa. Okay, so as for who let the dogs out, I really think that if Caboose was involved, all he had to do was open the door. I don't know if he was there. He probably wasn't, but if he was he probably just went puppies and just it was all over meaning that a lot of people were horrified at the carnage that happened at the uh, the military base and people a couple blocks away were super happy that they all had loving pets and that the pets would now have wonderful homes and they all lived happily ever after while the others were dead what kind of other acronyms did dylan think of but not use I-W-T-G-I-H-F-U-U-S-O-A-D. Do you want to know what it stands for? I want to get in here. Fuck you, you son of a bitch. Boom. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) We did it! (laughs) You know, 
That seems legit. You remind me of my drill instructor. Go ahead. Mine is G-O-D, guardian of dogs, but also God. Oh! (laughs) We are G-O-D, guardians of dogs. We've come to check if they're all okay. Please let us through. Hi there. We're Advanced Security Services here on behalf of Police Operations and Official Procedure. And the guy stands there and tabulates up and he goes, your poop's ass? (laughs) (laughs) You know, never mind. Um, uh, and Kessa! I actually am not clever with acronyms at all, so I kind of came up with a blank on this one. The only thing that popped into my head was my social media hashtags, and that's not even a thing. Please let us through. We're hashtag. Your hashtag what? No, no, see, if you you just put in a hashtag on these terminals, it confuses them enough that it lets you through. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Thank you. And by the time he's done thanking them for this neat hack, they're gone. (laughs) What's more confusing, hashtags or acronyms? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. That is the right answer. Why would her boss only give Dylan one week to investigate when she's been proven right multiple times in the past? Carlos is poor. And Carlos has a lot of ex-wives, and Carlos's ex-wives have a lot of kids, and Dylan is expensive, so Carlos can only really afford to give Dylan that long, or Carlos is going to be sleeping in a box on the side of the road. Please donate to Patreon. It goes towards feeding Carlos. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Dylan's way of doing things costs too much. She gets the story, but at the cost of her safety, her cameraman's safety, and her boss's wallet. She gets awards for getting the story that no one else can, but getting the story that no one else can involves sneaking into crime scenes and then him having to bail her yeah and lying about being unsc intelligence but yeah i I guess oni doesn't take too kindly to that because oni is little shits most of the time so i will give him the benefit of the doubt here and assume he's not just being a cheapskate and that he hopes that giving her only a week to do the story will make her take more productive risks rather than I don't want to sneak into the crime scene so we can get a shot of that bloody helmet to instead doing like no we don't have time if we get thrown in jail we lose a day of our investigation so let's spend our our luck on something that'll actually get us results I want to see the moment when Dylan realizes I'm on a time limit here. I need to actually get shit done at this point. I think it's worth noting that in opposition to most protagonists of Red vs. Blue, Dylan is principled. Her principles aren't exactly like the law, but she is willing to put everything on the line to get to the truth. She says in the trailer something like, we're journalists and truth is our currency. And I think that, you know, right now we have this question of what happened to the Reds and Blues? But I think a a larger question that's going to arise here is when you are committed to reporting the truth above all else, even at significant personal cost, what do you do when the truth is fundamentally unbelievable? That the reds and blues aren't heroes. They're not villains, but they're not heroes. They don't have things that they fight for, really. They screw around until their backs are at the wall and they have no choice but to fight or die. And they don't have any skills other than their incredible luck. They're not these colorful space marines dedicated to stopping corruption. They're just a bunch of screw-ups. That's Agent Washington. What you were saying about Dylan talking about, like, 
we're journalists and truth is currency. The discrepancy between her and Carlos is her ideals, her ideal of journalism is platinum plus. It's like right up there. There's all of this stuff about truth and liberty and getting down to it and like smashing walls. But it seems like her boss is more like that's great, but that's not the reality of the situation. And she's gonna fall pretty hard when she realizes that's just not the reality of the situation. My concern, framing it in this way, you guys just put something else to light. She can be wrong. She can be entirely wrong, which means we can be wrong. What if that's actually the Reds and Blues? We floated this idea around in the trailer. Of what if uh, when we heard that the Reds and Blues were behind a string of deadly attacks, it was sort of, well, what if they're doing something, but their reasons behind it are misunderstood? Or alternatively, what if some of them are Reds and Blues and some of them are just people posing? Because either A, they want to give the impression that they're all healthy, and some of them might be recovering from injuries, or like, things like that. Maybe not Smoke Griffin Simmons off. Yeah. So like, that's why they had the thing where they left the church helmet, is because church is the only one that's actually dead. Ah, interesting. And so she eventually finds the reds and blues who have been destroying things, and it's just them. And they're like, well, hey, what else were we supposed to do? They're threatening our families, or they made it so that we didn't have any choice, and we figured it was better to do this than to die um and she's like well what about your ideals and they're like what ideals <laughs> that really wouldn't surprise me actually but i think at a fundamental level the way that these people were operating it's just very like the reds and blues have changed over the years particularly tucker has had like the relationship with like wash and caboose as well like red team i'm sorry you guys haven't had much development but a blue team has done pretty well so far and we've seen tucker go through a lot of development in terms of how competent he is and how capable he is but uh the Reds and Blues could not develop to be this capable in my opinions not in the space of time we've had maybe the reason why they left Griffin Simmons home is because they're incompetent ones but um Caboose is not this stealthy and why is Lopez in the field what does he bring yeah why is Church flying the plane why doesn't Tucker have his sword why doesn't Sarge have his shotgun why doesn't Tucker have the meta armor there are too many holes I think this does bring to mind for me a line that Carlos said in this episode which was these characters don't have the depth you think they do and while he was using that to say it just turns out they were villains all along and they don't have any any reason besides that they ended up being jerks, Dylan. But I think that she's going to discover that they're not these principled heroic figures. They're not this ideal that she's built up in her head that she's looking to defend. They have developed a lot. They are interesting people. But I think that what's actually happening here is that these characters have more depth than Dylan thinks they do. They stumble through life and they get credit for being a lot better than they actually are. But the way that they are losers is very relatable and very human. And I think that she will find something of value there even if she needs to work a little harder to get it. What I would say to that is Dylan said that she interviewed the Sim Troopers after Project Freelancer. So I imagine at that point she actually got a fairly interesting view on the Resident Blues because I cannot imagine that after Project Freelancer they were there like, look at us, we're heroes, we're all cool. Caboose is talking about bullshit and machines and Tucker's like, dude, I don't even know what happened. I wasn't here half the time. And Wash is trying to be church and Red Team, Sarge is talking about weapons kind of crap. Like I imagine that at that point when she got a fairly good reading on them. And I think maybe that's what she finds captivating, how like they're such weird people and like she can tell that Emmo is not being good soldiers, but like somehow they keep meddling through. I think that outwardly, 
Dylan shows herself as very, like, self-assured and she knows what she's doing. I have to wonder if internally she's just as dysfunctional. Like, she's going and getting herself arrested all the time. There's a bit of punk rock in her somewhere, a bit of rebellion that refuses to die. Maybe it's less that she thinks of them as heroes because they're perfect and more she thinks of them as heroes because they're not. And that's why she thinks she knows them. She's interacted with them once and she's like, yeah, they're just like me. They're all kind of losers too, but they're cool so I can be cool. And then it's even more complicated than that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel like there is the potential for the whole context of bringing down Project Freelancer as well as several years time of them being gone and presumed dead for things to have potentially gotten a little bit blown out of proportion. Maybe it's not in this super idealistic hero sense. But she has, at the very least, interacted with them on the grounds of they are people who manage to get stuff done. And they stop bad people from doing bad things. And that's not the whole story by a long shot. <laughs> They brought down the director basically because two different freelancers at two different times dragged them along. I mean, more than that number of freelancers. <laughs> to be fair though, they brought down Felix and uh, Lucas on their own. They were kind of dragged into it then. Although I think it's possible that nobody quite knows what went down on Chorus. Let's do lightning round question. We'll do my lightning round question. Um, with, uh, who would like first reply? I would. All right, Kessa has first reply. <clears throat> How else has Dylan gotten herself and or her camera person arrested? I have a couple different ideas. One of them, most of them involve disguises. I think that she kind of took like a sort of like Count Olaf sort of opinion on it. And she's dressed herself up in a couple of different really ridiculous <laughs> shit to a point where it's so ridiculous that you have to believe her because nobody could be that stupid. Ultimately, she gets to the bottom of the story by dressing up like sister. Precisely. <laughs> That's kind of hot. I have no <laughs> doubt that this is a woman who has clearly, and I'm very biased, has clearly done some theater in her time because every good reporter has. Because you have her to. Her improv is on. Her, her, her improv is on point. Yeah. Yeah, no. It really is. Yeah. The, the whole thing with uh, <laughs> Ducroy being... She's taking <laughs> lessons from... From Shanna Merlin. Like, she has done it. It's this happened. Is Lance Corporal Ducroy. He's French. Isn't that right, Ducroy? Wait. Oui. Oui. <laughs> oui. Technically, that's a yes and. I have no doubt, too, that she's probably taught herself several dirty phrases in various languages just to get herself out of particular situations. Like, for instance, back when I could speak French, I used to be able to say, May you be fucked by pirates in French. And that's a very useful phrase. I'm very sad that I don't remember it anymore. You just, you need that in your life. So I think that yeah. she's gotten herself arrested by dressing up ridiculously, saying very offensive things in various languages, and trespassing on various properties. Oh gosh, I hope so. I hope that journalist intern Dylan was just... <laughs> oh my gosh. Just a mess. Um, she, was, she was like the anti-intern from Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> like, the station wanted to get rid of her, and they just couldn't find a way. They couldn't. They couldn't. They tried so hard, but she wouldn't die. <laughs> and now she's a world-class reporter with many medals and shit. Alright, Sophie! Or she, rather. Sorry, everyone Sorry. has their real names on the Skype for me. So... My reason, my answer isn't so much how they got arrested, but why. So 
So I think that Dylan wanted to do a like a look into what life was like inside prisons. So Dylan and her camera person got themselves arrested to go undercover into a uh, UNSC prison to see what life was like in there. I imagine Dylan just going up to an officer with her arms out like, Take me away, officer! Uh, take me to prison! Uh, but you haven't done anything. Take me to prison! But you haven't done anything! She just punches him. Take me to prison! And then and then I come past in the bathroom just like, No, this isn't my idea. You're an accessory! Take, take him to prison too! <laughs> Which is like all like that scene out of Sherlock where Sherlock goes punch me and Watson's like what and they just start punching each other in the middle of the street and they just get arrested for um disorderly behavior in public. <laughs> Sherlock did it, so of course I can. Hey, he's a great remote, he gets to the bottom of shit. Okay, um Nerio. I think that Dylan has been arrested rather because she's on a similar note. As a as a college student, she was an activist and she may or may not have chained herself to the prison. So she's just like, look, I might as well. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think that Dylan got herself and her camera person arrested by doing an investigative journalism report on a mattress company, but she started off by removing all of those do not remove except by owner tags. Criminal, clearly. Oh my god. <laughs> the most the most criminal of all enterprises. <laughs> they say do not remove for a reason. Why did you remove them all? You couldn't do anything. You just had to remove them all. And then Carlos had to pay for all of the damage mattresses well at least he's not sleeping in a box he's got a lot of mattresses he's sleeping in a fort made made of 25 mattresses all right let's do she's lighting her own cushion and i i would like first reply where are griffin simmons if these people are the reds and blues they're in the vegas quadrant on their honeymoon because they finally tied the knot after chorus hey uh Simmons is having like an existential crisis because when is he not having an existential crisis like he's gone off somewhere to like deal with his emotions while pretending that he's not dealing with his emotions meanwhile Griff has just decided to like find fridges and raid them Griff 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 and Simmons they got uh, a cabin by a lake in sort of a Walden kind of way because Simmons wanted to get away from civilization and now all of the other cabins in the area think there's a bear that is raiding their food stock but it's just Griff yep (laughs) no no not invading the garbages you just find them in the morning they're all tipped over all the Oreos are gone and Simmons is like well technically they're not wrong because because Griff is a bear uh, and she. Oh, Where Jesus. are Griffin Simmons? Well, here's the thing about the base they raided. The base was full of dogs, which made Caboose very happy, but there were no Oreos. Therefore, there was no <laughs> persuasion for Griff to go off his lazy ass and go to the base. And if Griff wasn't going, then someone had to guard Griff to make sure he didn't eat all the food back at the base that Simmons stayed to. <laughs> and that was the excuse they gave. Right now, they're parked in the shade. It's the middle of the night! <laughs> in the shade in the middle of the night for two hours <laughs> i can tell you what we were doing <laughs> okay okay what exactly does dylan think she knows about what went down on chorus 
So there's an interesting little tidbit if you pause uh, the screen while uh, if you if you take a screen cap while Dylan is looking at her enormous desktop. She has this script written out. And one part of it says, if these walls could talk, talking about Blood Gulch, perhaps we'd know why they turned into Chorus's bloody mercenaries. For money? Fame? Or simply for fun? And I don't know if the rest of you get this impression, but I feel like Chorus's bloody mercenaries can really only apply to Locus and Felix and maybe Chairman Hargrove, particularly with the wondering whether they did it for money, fame, or fun, which makes me wonder how much of the truth of what happened on Chorus got out. Because it sounds a lot like the Reds and Blues got blamed for what happened there instead of credited for making the peace. Which, which also makes you wonder, where um, where's Kimball in all of this? Yeah! Which is one of the questions, because like, if Kimball, like, I can get one to stay independent, but where is Kimball in actually like defending her people in a way that doesn't involve military intervention? Because yeah. Kimball was like the smooth talking, like, not the smooth talking, but like, she was like the competent army leader who also knew how to deal with diplomacy a little bit so i'm surprised that she's been taking a more active role yeah in trying- and now we've got these red and blue impostas who are <laughs> impostas try in, yeah who are trying to noodle their way uh, into- noodle dr- who are trying who are tr- who are trying to drum up military who, who seem to among other things be trying to drum up military intervention against chorus by making the Reds and Blues look bad and just letting people speculate that the Reds and Blues are acting out because they want Chorus to remain free. And, and it seems it seems very much like nobody really knows what happened on Chorus and nobody's really listening to the people who are saying what really happened on Chorus. Which is interesting considering that Church broadcasted that huge message out. Yeah, which makes me think maybe you got jammed by the enormous ship that was orbiting Chorus at the time. The... the- thing is, the UNSC is particularly known for the department called ONI, which is their Office of Naval Intelligence, and their Propaganda Department. Um, Like, if you've ever seen Hunt the Truth, uh, which is Halo's kind of following a reporter, following the main character story, uh, you get to interact with them a lot, and you find out they have a hand in pretty much everything, and nothing gets past them. Like, nothing at all. They could flip anything to look like anything, and people will eat that shit up. But additionally, Oni has a stake in keeping all colonies under their control, because even if one of them gets out, that's trouble, because the rest of the colonies want to get out. And I don't know how much Halo canon is playing into this, but, you know, this sounds like just regular Oni bullshit to me. Like, <laughs> you know, like, this is just that every, every day. Come on, let's... Jet fuel can't JFK the yeah, moon. Yeah, yeah, like, honestly, it just makes sense that they're trying to discredit the heroes of Chorus, and I don't even think they need Hargrove to be involved to be doing bullshit if it's Oni or some other similarly named acronym that isn't Oni because this isn't Halo. Um, like... You know what I mean? And it's I'm I'm a little bit nervous because Oni is big and scary and much scarier than people we've seen before. <laughs> I do not like Oni. They they're manipulative manipulative little shits and oh man, you should all listen to Hunt the Truth both seasons. Cause Jesus, Oni man. Yeah, I was I was not expecting 
the the bloody mercenaries line to be part of her script there it's just like it seems that dylan thinks that the red to thinks that the reds and blues spate of villainy started on chorus and if anything the reds and blues were as much victims as all the other people on chorus mm. being used and tricked by Hargrove's people and Locus and Felix in particular. And then they were instrumental in making, in ending the war. And so it, I think that it's, it's an important question. Not only does, what exactly does Dylan think she knows about what went down on chorus, but also like, what is the public story about what went down on chorus? Maybe Dylan thinks she knows. That Oni <laughs> thinks they know that she knows that we know that she knows. Oh my god, no! <laughs> Bless that you. The reds and blues know. Maybe this whole this this whole uh, uh, fake reds and blues thing is being run by Oni itself, or the equivalent. Yeah, I yeah I, I don't again I don't know how much crossover we're gonna get here, or if they're going to use that specific one. Like the joke about acronyms makes me think they're just gonna replace like one letter in Oni. It's gonna become Omi or like Uni Uno. Moni. I don't know. It's gonna be something similar, but not Moana. Yeah. It's gonna be Moni. <laughs> I am Moana. Anyways, moving oh, I love that movie. Fucking Oni. Uh, I just I think that it's gonna be the same organization, just a different name because it's a slightly different universe just for that, like, distinction, because, like, in Hunt the Truth, they actually wanted to put a Griffball reference, and they had a meeting with Bernie, like, the writers of Hunt the Truth had a meeting with Bernie and maybe Miles, I don't remember, and they were like, hey, can we put a Griffball reference in? And Bernie said no, because he wanted to make sure things were distinct between the two universes. So, again, Oni equivalent? Kessa, what do you think? I honestly, like, don't hate me, but I honestly threw that question out there because I didn't have an answer to it, so I wanted to see what you guys hey, could hook up. Hey, that's totally yeah. fair. That's, that's cool. <laughs> what, 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 like, yeah. it was a question that was in my mind, but I honestly didn't have a very good answer for it, so I was more intrigued by what you guys had to say than what was going on in my brain. Yeah, I, the, this whole thing with the bad reds and blues makes me wonder if the whole thing is gonna go up a notch with a, a fake... Uh, good Locus and Felix. Oh, oh Jesus. God. I would throw things at the wall if that was the case. I really would. I kind would. of like it. I really want to see what, like, actual, you know, Han Solo with the heart of gold Felix would be like. like oh, God, no. Cool. no. They're, they're, they're fighting the reds and blues, and eventually it is not Dylan, but Locus, who comes out of hiding and sets the record straight before disappearing into the ether once again. Hey, I actually, I actually would like to see uh, Locus return. I want to see Locus try and make things right for the shit he's done. Yeah, like I, I think I, yeah, you know, I think that judging from uh, the script that, well, uh, judging from it by all appearances, Dylan is going to Blood Gulch and then is making this part of a tour of all of the places the Reds and Blues have been. I anticipate that eventually Dylan is going to end up on chorus, and Dylan is going to find out what happened on chorus and maybe this will be the, at the end of the week and she's just asking for an extension on her deadline before you know she gets kidnapped uh by locus who is like you're going to help me get off of this planet i'm i'm the bad guy 
I have been the bad guy thing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. Additionally, I would be... Okay, so this is like the crackpottiest of crackpots, and it might not happen, so whatever. Let's just throw this out there. Locust taking off his helmet for the interview that she does with him. Because <laughs> Locust has like extremely like expressive facial animations in like the Mercs trilogy trilogy of episodes mm. it would be really interesting to see the contrast of like the blank slate and he takes it off and you get this like really expressive face Ooh, or maybe maybe in her uh in dylan's um investigations when she finds out about locus and felix she also finds out about cyrus and she goes and finds cyrus oh my god that would be interesting oh my god i I actually wonder if Locus is going to be hiding out with Cyrus. That's been my theory since the since the first trilogy. <laughs> he's in he's in he's in Cyrus's attic, surrounded by by boxes and boxes of cup noodles. <laughs> well, yeah, but like maybe maybe he's learned his lesson from Felix, and he's trying to reintegrate to society, which is a decision that Cyrus made a long time ago for the sake of being a family man, and like he's helps locust get a job and they just hang out once a week or something and play pool i don't know and that's how she finds that's how she finds locust is through cyrus something is why i think like we were talking about like um dylan having like a very kind of long journey to figure out what's been going on something that i noticed when daff was talking about like the article she'd been writing the header of the article was um early chronicles um which makes me think uh, which makes me think which makes me think that um, Dylan thinks that she's in this for the long run, that she's going to be here for like quite a while. It was also a reference to Blood Gulch Chronicles. Mm. I I think that her next title for like the next bit is going to start with R E. Like <laughs> let's let's <laughs> yeah. let's. She's going to go to one revelations. Ah uh, yeah, something <laughs> something something re something. Yeah, like um. But I, I, I think I think what we're gonna get there is I, I kind of threw this out there in the group chat when we were kind of shooting the shit because she finds a wash on chorus and wash is like training the troops to, to guard these like shitty little like castles and wash is standing on top of a like on top of a wall and he's like you brought a reporter what's wrong with you like like she, you know shoots the fake bullets at her it's like there's a hole in the wall <laughs> agent washington how long have you been here uh what day is it it's tuesday i've been here 14 months <laughs> no. um you it's only been 10 months agent washington i've been here 14 months <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll find Kimball, and Kimball will give her a story. And then she would talk to Doyle, but Doyle is dead. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Like, I feel like Kimball's a really good strategist. She's going to have trouble with yeah. negotiations. 
Yeah, it's gonna be like, well, we had we had a record keeper, but he kind of sort of blew himself up to save all of our lives. Uh, so whoops. come back in a couple of weeks. Uh, something something Shakespeare. Something something. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio. <laughs> uh, uh, who 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 are you talking to? Uh, I'm Dylan Andrews, and this is this is my cameraman, Throbbing Cannon. <laughs> I fully vote for that to be his name. I'm all about it. Good lord. He's he's Canon McCamera. Canon McCamera. Canon McCamera. Special thanks go out to Daft Prodigy, Nerial, Kessa, She, and Sylveon. The Shizno is a production of Plot Bubble. You can support the Shizno on Patreon at plotbubble.com. You can follow us on Tumblr at shizno.tumblr.com. That's S-H-I-Z-N-O dot Tumblr dot com. The Shizno. O.P. Abrev's in the A.O. We're O.M. to the L-Z. B-R-B. L-O-L. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.